The Monday Rewind. Naturally, the advantage is to Scotland. They must be delighted to get away with uh, something in the game. Having said that, we are still well in the group, and this is not just fighting Bavado top. We are still well in the group. Kept giving the ball away again on the 50 without any pressure, just sloppy fist passing in the crowds. No support runs. We were living dangerously, there's no doubt about it. If they came a bit closer to us, that we had it in us to go up a gear or two, we wouldn't be happy with that performance. Certainly that seven minutes after half-time machine was, was, was very, very poor. As I said earlier on, the, the big negative for us is the, the amount of chances that uh, we actually gave Clare. And if, you know, hand and heart, if we're going to give Kerry those, it's going to be a good night, Irene. You know, obviously they were delighted going in half-time with, with a draw, but we knew we had a nice breeze and we came out first 15 minutes, second half, thought we were excellent. And um, again, obviously conceded a bad goal, but um, look, we're just delighted. We knew we had more in the second half, but just killer 10 minutes second half killed us came back into it near the end but it was just left us too much work to do in the end I don't know you, you never really see Dublin under much pressure so hopefully you can put them under and see what they're made of in there you heard from Ireland boss Martin O'Neill after their disappointing draw with Scotland our man manager Kieran McGeady on losing to Donegal and losing heavily as well Kerry manager Eamon Fitzmaurice on defeating Tipperary and Thurlis Cork boss Brian Cuthbert on facing the Kingdom in the Munster final Mayo's Aidan O'Shea on their win in Pierce Stadium and Galway's Cahal Sweeney on their disappointment at losing that game in Salt Hill the last voice was Kildare keeper Mark Donnan on facing Dublin in the Leinster semi-final in Crow Park on June 28th that'll be a double header along with the Meath-West Meath game. More on all of that to come, plus we'll have the analysis of James Horan and Mossy Quinn and in hurling Kilkenny's Michael Fenley will talk to us about playing Wexford first up in the Championship next Sunday, live and off the ball and we'll hear from Limerick manager TJ Ryan, they're up against Tip in the Gaelic grounds, the winner of course going on to beat Waterford in the Munster final. First up though, it was a close call for Meath who beat Wicklow 219-312 to in Navan setting up a meeting with West Meath in the semi-final, the Maroons beating Wexford and Mullingarp. Dean Healy and Paul Cronin were sent off for the Garden County, but it was a goal chances missed that really caught them. We've been speaking with Wicklow manager Johnny McGee, not just about the game, but on respect for Division 4 counties and the resources they need. First though, it's Meath boss Mick O'Dowd, who spoke to Brendan Cummins of LMFM. I suppose, Brendan, in the last 10 minutes there when we conceded the penalty and lost Paddy and we're three, only three points up, you know, haven't been maybe seven or eight up, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a time for fellas to stand up really and decide where we where we winning this game or not, you know. And uh, a lot of fellas did stand up, you know. Uh, and and we drove on and, and and won the game, you know, by what we did. Um, yeah, you wouldn't be happy overall with with some of the the, the defensive play from us, um, and that's not just. Uh, from a defender's point of view it's the whole way from from the forward line right the way back you know um but 219 is a good score line um we were without six players coming coming into it we'd probably five debutants in the positions you know two to eight so there's a lot of learning done there today and last year we played carlo in the first round of the championship and probably learned nothing you know so it's championship football and despite how much people write off in opposition if a team has 10 weeks to prepare and comes with a plan and everyone buys into it which obviously they did in Wicklow uh, it was always going to be a championship match so we're, we're happy to come out the right side of it obviously You weren't that surprised then with the Wicklow challenge? No, like like I knew their league form wouldn't be replicated here it would be better than that you know. and, and then on top of that we we you know we we were slightly disjointed in in, in having six or seven f- fellas missing for a lot of the preparation you know so 
as a result there was there was a lot of experience missing from our, our defence and around the middle of the field so um, but but great fellas you know fellas that are working incredibly hard and you know the only way to get experience is to get in there and, and learn from it so so many fellas will learn so much from that game and we'll be the better for it well, Johnny McGee, Wicklow manager, what's the overriding feeling this morning? Is it pride, disappointment, a mixture of both? What is it? Um, well, first and foremost, disappointment, you know. Um, never like getting beaten. Uh, and getting beaten in the championship, uh, especially yesterday, after the performance we put in, um, was very hard to take, you know. But obviously huge pride, uh, we're usually proud of the players, you know, and what they've bought into and what we've tried to do with the lads, you know. They've bought, they've bought into what is needed to play county football, you know, and we're just training five times a week and uh, to put their bodies on the line and, uh, and, and, and do the best for, for the jersey, you know. Did you see that performance coming or was it something that, that maybe even caught you by a bit by a bit by surprise because Meath were heavy favourites for this game even though they had yeah. many players missing? No, look, I'll be honest with you. Look, um, when it, when the draw came out first, I was quite confident that we would go up and beat me. You know, um, the lads we 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 took over in November, so we put a plan in place in relation to get the lads up to required level to compete at county level football. You know, it was going to take time, and we knew that uh, maybe the performances in the league would suffer. But um, it was like we're, we're here um, on a three-year. Uh, so we knew we'd have to put in the foundation and get the lads up to where they needed to be. And like the reflection in the league, uh, like uh, points on the league didn't reflect where I, I knew we were. You know, we were the better side in a couple of our league games, so we should have finished on a lot higher points than what, what was there. But I knew, but from the players and what they what that they were buying into, I knew that we we were better than what we had shown. And uh, like I I know I was looking forward to it. And I'll be honest with you, I was disappointed with the lack of respect shown towards us from from every angle to be honest with you from within the county and from outside the county it's very hard so when you're being written off like that and not given any kind of chance or no one goes in and asks the question what's what he's doing differently or whatever Was it more so Johnny that and I'm looking at this as a neutral from the outside was it that yeah. no one seemed to care it wasn't that they didn't give you a chance just no one it didn't even no, seem they, to no, register no, no, no you're right no one seemed to care and, and that's and I mean, that's the issue we have is relation to People on about two tier thing at the moment uh, where they should be. Like, and and every county, Lone County side uh, until twenty fifteen should be beaten by a fitter or stronger team, right? But with that, you need to have the resources to be able to put in place to have to have a county team to require level of fitness to compete the way the game has gone now. And unfortunately, we. Nobody cares about what's going on Wicklow. We don't get any exposure whatsoever, either in the national papers and in and 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 the broadcast and all that kind of stuff. You know, and that's where you're trying to go to a sponsor and say, look, uh, can you sponsor us this, that, and the other? And he says, well, what exposure are you going to get me? Uh, oh, well, we won't be on the front or the back of massive papers, but we'll have five, we might get five lines in one of them. But whereas Dublin or uh, any of the top Division Two teams can say, well, look, We'll have three live games in RTE. I almost guy. We'll probably be on the front or the back of the national papers. There you go. Look, his 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 money. Yeah, we we'll get our money back on that. How like so? How can the weaker counties get get that exposure? And also the resources in relation to sponsorship for drinks, like like Dublin, like I look play for Dublin, play for Crokes, come from high standards, you know. But 
in terms of equality and fairness, <laughs> there's not very much yeah. for Division 4 when you're, relating, when you're talking, that kind of stuff, and people are asking, oh, Tutor, hold on, if you want to go, let's make everyone equal as each other in terms of strength and conditioning. And if we're beaten on the day by a better team who have more skillful players, that's fine. You know, or if a manager comes up with a game plan to beat you, that's fine. But you weren't blown out of the way because the team had a sports scientist with them for the last two years or three years and they're like reading machines and they run through you. You know, and that's and that's the way the top six are pulling away because we're trying to play catch up. And like yesterday we put in for all year we've put in a system we have Des Ayers, who's our strength and conditioning coach, has put a huge amount of work into lads and there's no way we'd have put out that performance if we hadn't put in the work for the previous uh, nine months. Do you know what I mean? It's very obvious watching the game yesterday you had put in the work, but you're talking about getting exposure and, and getting attention and getting fair treatment. Is that something, and I'll use the term weaker counties, I know you probably won't like that term, but is that something that they have to do for themselves because you're managing Wicklow and you're, you're kind of starting at a low base, whereas other managers might come in and because the underage structure is there, because the coaching is there, they're starting at a higher base. So what, what has to happen here, Johnny? What, what kind of specifically are you talking about? Well, essentially, what I'm talking about is like, like the like you're saying, like underage structures have to be put. That's fine. They are Wicklow are doing that, but at the end of the day, like it costs money to 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 to, to run a county side, right? It costs money to 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 run your under twenty ones and your minors and have the proper strength condition things in place. It, it all boils down to cost of money. So, like in relation to exposure, like why don't they just give us exposure in relation to like having division, uh, each division a weekend in Crow Park and televise them where you can say, go to the sponsor saying, look, there's what we need or we will have life coverage. We will be in Crow Park. We have a deal done that Carlo and, and, and uh, Wicklow will be on the front of the end. Uh, Leitrim and uh, Loud will be on the back of, of the Times tomorrow. So, like, everyone, and you can go to whoever and say, look, there you go. That's what, what we can. Oh, here's, here's money we'll for the sponsor. We know we get it back. You know, like, uh, like the thing is, that's where you know you, you say down to the county boards, right? County boards can't do anything in uh, relation to exposure in the national press or the media, mm. you know. And that's and that's the issue, you know. Maybe like the, I think that needs to be resolved. There's no level playing field, like. But the other thing is, then I, everyone understands that, like the bills have to be paid, people have to buy papers, people have to do this, but. In, in terms of Crow Park, it's a headache for Crow Park. They need to, to address this. They're the ones in control of everything. That they can say, well, hold on a second. We want you to cover that. You know, this is what you want to cover. We want to get exposure to those that yeah. county down there. You know, and that's and that's why you can't force you can't force papers and and, and broadcasts and even people to to follow something if they don't want to follow it. And you know yourself. I mean, you played for winning teams. You know, people will only really follow the winning teams. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know people follow winning teams. But how we, how do you expect? teams to get better without, without the yeah. proper resources or funding you know and that's the big issue you know yeah. there's no there's like the thing is we had a like you, you have to set out just all the, the, the groundwork you know uh, it just doesn't happen overnight you know it takes time it took us to go to nine months to get to get our lads in shape to where we were yesterday you know it, it takes time it doesn't, doesn't happen overnight you know things take time but the thing is like only get the gap will only get bigger if there's nothing done in relation to like that the county uh, the lower the weaker the so-called weaker counties aren't as fair as the as the mm. the, the so-called top teams. Are you, you talking know? about giving funding from the central level for weaker counties to catch up? 
well, maybe that's a possibility. Yeah, okay. Or else, or is it a possibility that they have to do that? Or is it a possibility that that they could, that um, there's exposure given to? To the to, to the weaker counties in relation to the national press or the national broadcaster, like you know, like last night the Sunday game gave us two minutes, and we were uh, our game. We were it was the highest game of the of, over the weekend. We were in four points made, and we got two minutes of exposure. Like there was two, there was a red card and two black cards for us. You know, like I, w- I was interested to see what their view would have been on that. There was no, like I mean, there was there was a lot in our game. There was in relation and. Didn't get the exposure that my lads deserve. Like you're on about, we were written off, you know. And you and when you come up and the lads buy into it and give a hundred percent like that, and give and give a huge effort, and to get two minutes on the mm. on the Sunday game, right? And then they, they, to give more time to, to the live uh, game and the Sunday uh, and the night show than they do the, the games that weren't shown. Like there's no fairness in that. Yeah. I mean, like the lads have walked all year, and like Sunday game is part of the history of GA, you know. And there's not, there's, I don't think there's any fairness there. And like as well as that, we were actually one of the. I'm not going to name names, but uh, there was a comment given about what the weaker lads in relation to me having missing six players. You know, I asked a question to to few of the media lads. This is going to do your homework and find out the transition we've had over over this year, how many players we were missing yeah. through injuries, through fellas' retirement, through fellas' work commitments coming to me. Uh, we didn't hear us saying, are oh, we six missing lads? So we've kept our heads down. We had a job, I, we've prepared the lads best we could and we were fully confident. I said, myself and Ray and Darren and PJ, you know, have played county football. We know we have high standards. We know how to play football. You know, we know how to to to, to teach lads. Like, we're giving them our, our experience from county football and club football at the highest level. And like you see yesterday, we played some lovely football. You know, and yes, we weren't clinical enough at times. You know, and we we should, we could have. I felt we were a better side. But yesterday, you wouldn't have thought we were division four, division four yesterday. But I knew going it would take it would take time to get us to where we were for yesterday. You know. Just before I let you go, Johnny, two sendings off. What did you make of them? And do you think? Those decisions cost you the match. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I thought they were, I thought they were harsh, but um, uh, like they, they could have been on, like it could have went the other way for for, for me. You know, um, I didn't really see see them. You know, I, I felt Paul Cronin's red card was harsh. You know, um, you, you know, yeah, of course, like <laughs> it was a very tight game at that stage. When you go down to fourteen players. <laughs> You know, you're asking an awful lot. You like, we had fellas who we had lined up to come in for the last 15 minutes to, cl- to, to come in to finish the job out. Who we, who we, because we knew lads would legs would be out, they'd be on their feet because of the effort they would have had to put in for the 70 minutes. So obviously, the fellas we wanted to bring on, we couldn't bring on because we had to ch- change it because we went to tor- down to 14 men. So look, uh, I felt they were a bit harsh, but that's my opinion. And uh, referee has to do a job at the end of the day. It could have, it could have went the other way where it happened to me, but. That's, that's football. I, I, like uh, you, you just get on with you, you deal with that, you know. Um, but I just hugely, hugely proud of the way the lads uh, applied themselves and the performance they put in yesterday. And just we just weren't clinical enough uh, on the day, you know, to get us across the line. And you're going into the qualifiers with positivity and momentum. Yes, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to going up to, to Armagh and we'll prepare as best we can for them, you know. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Wicklow manager Johnny McGee. Some interesting thoughts from him there. Still to come, a full review of Ireland's draw with Scotland. But first, former Wicklow footballer Luke Benson, you were in Navin 
I actually did laugh at you on Friday when you said that Wicklow had a chance. Um, I don't feel like laughing now. Were they unlucky not to win this one? Well, good. I hope not. Um, I was really encouraged by what I saw on, on Sunday. I don't know if you saw the game yourself. No, I was at Cork and Clare. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I think a lot of people had written Wicklow off coming up to the game. I think Paddy Power had me at minus 11, which shows you the kind of respect and um, the, uh, what the, pers- the, what's the word? What the perception was. What the perception was, exactly, outside of the county. Um, so, McGee's Wicklow went, it was a gorgeous day in Navan. Um, the, the skies were blue, sun was streaming down, and they put in probably the best performance I've seen from Wicklow team in, in a good number of years. They, they brought ferocity, strength, power, pace, um, and they delivered on a game plan that they've been working on and hasn't quite come to fruition in the league. So I think it was an encouraging game from a Wicklow perspective. You'd be hoping that it's not just a one-off. Now, they've our man next up. That's in the qualifiers, and it's away, which will be very tough. It will indeed, yeah. Um, I think it might be a step too far this year. Um, I, was, I, was in, uh, I was in Armagh two years ago when we were playing them in 2013. I was on the bench, and we went in at half-time. I think it was 2.12 to two points down. So it's going to be a big ask to go to Armagh and get a result. Um, but I think if if they do what they did yesterday, which is bring a game plan and stick to it, um, they what Meath did yesterday was... Um, they didn't have an awful lot of fluidity in how they were playing. So as they were moving forward, they moved with pace, but they didn't really know where they were going. Very often, the difference between the two teams was a little bit of quality between uh, Riley and Tormey. I think between the two of them, they got one thirteen or sorry, two thirteen out of the two nineteen. So every time they went forward, it was up to one of those to stick the ball over the bar. Defensively, they weren't great. Whereas Wicklow, um, they dropped their their wing backs forward. They stifled the Meath um, attack coming through. And if they can do a similar um, stopping of, of the Armagh attack coming forward, uh, and, and maybe if they stifle uh, Jamie Clark, they might have a chance of nabbing some, some points going forward. What has to change is quality in attack. They have to get somebody who can stick the ball over the bar from place freeze. They have to have a little bit more um, of a cutting edge in front of goal because they had four open goal chances uh, yesterday, well, not open, but one-on-one chances, and they didn't, they didn't take them. So there was only the only goal that they scored from players from Cronin. It was a well-taken goal, but before that, they had two chances. They didn't have the composure in front of the, in front of the net, and they dropped the ball or or kicked it wide or whatever. They really do need to tighten that up if they're going to have a chance against Armagh. It's going to be a tough ask, but quite a number of the team were in that dressing room two years ago. They're not going to want to feel like that again. So. I really think they might be able to galvanise themselves and if they can get into the mindset of uh, sticking to their game plan, I, I think they could push Armagh. I'm not sure they might come away with a win, but I think this year with under McGee, it's about progress. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was former Wicklow footballer Luke Benson on if Meath were lucky to escape against Wicklow in Navin. Kildare are also through to the Leinster semi-finals where they'll play Dublin. They beat Leash 3-18 to 1-11 in Tullamore. On Saturday night, here's one of the goal scorers for the Lily Whites, Eamon Callahan, speaking with KFM's Jura McNally on their win and facing the Dubs. Looking back in our National League campaign, we we uh, seemed to struggle in the second half, you know, and maybe just something small to maybe just walk, do a little warm up, mini warm up to get back out in the field again. Like, um, 
just something we looked at, but yeah, possibly made a difference there because you know I think even last week we, we started the second half well and this week again, uh, you know that first 10 15 minutes like it was it was perfect like. And over over the couple of games, you know, there's a couple of things have gone Kildare's way. Like you think back to Tommy's point, obviously in the first game, and, and Paul Kingston's miss then as well, and Mark Donald's penalty save here. We're, we're talking on air to Johnny Doyle about how small things can sometimes change the course of a team season. And you know, thinking back to 2010, he said that the team were down and out maybe against Antrim, got a, a late score I think there to avoid a, a, a loss, and, and you know, won the replay, and you know, went on to were so close to an all Ireland final. Then yeah, and that's the thing. Like it's, it's anything can happen, and like, even after the league, like no one was giving us giving us a hope really of doing it in this year, and um, like it's a it's a Still a lot of football to be played this year, and like, you know, but uh, in championship betting, it can happen, and there are little things like that can can just change the forces of a team, or just to get confidence going a bit and a bit of belief back in the team. And I think that's what that was uh, the frustrating thing that over the last maybe nine or ten weeks preparing for the championship was that we just wanted to get out and get a competitive game and just get the ball rolling again. Like, but uh, you know, a bit of missed opportunities last week and a bit of nervous maybe. But I think once we got that game under over our belt last week, we were a different team this week. So um, hopefully now we'll have two two good competitive games there going forward into the Dublin game and um, you know like you, you never know what can happen you know it's football and it's championship and just you never know like we'll, we'll, we'll be there with we'll two weeks to prepare for it so we'll do everything we can to do that I'm sure going into the game nobody's going to give Kildare a chance like bar yourselves within the dressing room law like but as you said football over 70 minutes anything can happen yeah that's it like you know it's it's, it's a game of football and like obviously they're their form and over the last few years it's just ridiculous so especially in the Leinster Championship but uh no team is uh, is unbeatable, um, you know, and I think once we can put pressure on them and just you know try and stay with them a bit, you know, and just I, I think if if we can just put as much pressure we can on them, I think you know like they're like any other team, they can they can go through a bad pasture. They, we might put them under pressure, make them make, make mistakes. That's what we'd be hoping to do. But uh, look, it's going to be unbelievably hard, um, and we're going to have to be well well drilled and well set up, and we're going to have to be like uh, a lot more clinical than we were today. Even to you know we're still going to have to create those chances. We're still going to have to take them, and then. Hope that, that maybe that they that they miss a few as well. So like, but like, look, we're there now, and it's just it's just a matter of trying to uh, produce the performance that we can, the best to the best of our ability, and just hope just hope that that'll that'll be enough to get us over the line. This is the rewind on news talk, and that was Eamon Callahan of Kildare following their replay victory over Leash on Saturday. Over to Connacht now, and Mayo overpowered Galway with a strong second half display, one fifteen to two eight the final score in Pierce Stadium. Killian O'Connor kicked nine points for Mayo while Gary Sice got one of the goals of the season, so far anyway, for Galway. It was level at the break, but as former Mayo manager and now off-the-ball analyst James Horan outlines, his former side skills were more apparent in the second period. First though, we hear from Mayo forward Aidan O'Shea speaking to Midwest Radio and Galway manager Kevin Walsh, who was on air with Galway Bay FM. You know, look, we're just, to be honest with you, we got delighted. We weren't uh, looking ahead apart from today. You know, obviously coming up here stadium is obviously a difficult, uh, difficult task. Um, we've had it... We've had it relatively easy over the last couple of years and uh, we knew there'd be a bit of a backlash from Galway. Could see the two bad goals, but um, apart from that, I think we, we did well. We were playing up into the into the, the, the wind in the first half. Um, you know, obviously they were delighted going in at halftime with, with a draw, but we knew we had a nice breeze and we came out first 15 minutes, second half, thought we were excellent. And um, again, obviously conceded a bad goal, but um, look, we're just delighted. Yeah, look, any time you lose, Kevin, is a disappointing day out. Particularly when you've worked so hard and, and the lads really believe they've got to win this one. Um, but look, there's, there's some encouraging aspects out of it. Um, Probably the fact that we were chasing the game most of the game didn't help us, and those two or three minutes after half time was probably the difference in the end. Yeah, you've been talking all along about a performance. Uh, at times today, we just didn't get up to the level of it. No, but at time, a lot of times we got up, up at the level as well, Kevin. So, you know, it's not all uh, 
glass half empty here. I know there's, there's a glass half full here as well. I think it, it, we need to look at, uh, we'll reassess what, what, what happened here today. Um, you know, I don't think we're out of the game at any, at any stage and maybe there's two or three two or three goal chances if we happen to pop one of them would really ask the questions um, you know maybe a bit unfortunate um, with the free, the free count um, just given inside inside our scoring zone and it's probably kept me or taking over ahead of us but look that's, that's, that's life we have to move on with it and uh, is it a pity but there wasn't a few more minutes maybe at the end there just to test out the, the, the character of this, of this side in particular uh, you know the last four minutes it was called were, were called and probably were called properly and uh, I'm not so sure there was even 40 seconds of that played I think it blew up at 38 38 or something and and uh, you, you know what happened, you know, Ethan shaking out with an injury and also the little smazzle at the end. So, you, know, you, you know, I can see a lot of frustrations in different people why the stop clock wouldn't be looked at. Um, it is it is frustrating. Um, but either way, that's not about, about winning the game, but for players and for management looking on, it, it can be frustrating, that type of stuff. Do you have issues with the score with freeze that now? I'll reassess. We'll reassess what I'm saying to you is that there was a lot of score, a lot of freeze given inside our, our scoring zone. If, you know, I. I suppose the balance is to find how hard you can tackle, when, when you can tackle, and we'll reassess on video what it's like. You know, but uh, I suppose maybe from game to game, uh, some people see it differently. You know, I'll have to reassess it and see, but I've no issues with the loss. They're beating by the better team of the day. Uh, we learn from it. Yeah, and look at Mayo, you know, a close game that you come out on top on uh, will suit Mayo. But, but I suppose, you know, at the start of the second half, Mayo put on, put on the power for about, about six or seven minutes. And, and to be honest, the game was over after that. Uh, Galway came with a little bit bits and pieces throughout the half, but 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 Mayo were the better team, stronger team. Galway had a couple of chances, you know, to, to keep it close, but couldn't take them, and 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 Mayo closed out the game, and you know, with 20, 25 minutes to go, to to, to be honest, and and uh, you know, deserved winners. There was a, a little bit of um, argy bargy throughout the throughout the second half. Uh, Lee Keegan getting a second yellow card there and and and, and yeah. off. Um, so a little bit, a little bit cranky, as I said at halftime. But look, it's from from a Mayo point of view, uh, you know, it's solid. It's a win, and they're they're progressing through the Connacht Championship, which is exactly what they want from from Goy's point of view. Um, something to build on, uh, you know, a lot better than the last couple of years. A lot more competitive. Um, they've got a couple of k- kinks and a couple of flaws in there that they really need to address. Uh, their full back line, I think Anthony mentioned it, the amount of fouling that, that they did was, was absolutely yeah. outrageous. Uh, you're not going to win any game at any level. Uh, you know, and led, unfortunately, by Finian Hanley. I, I don't understand where his head was today. Um, so, you know, that kept Mayo in it when we were playing badly. So, uh, no, deser- in the end, it deserved a win for Mayo. Yeah. A lot of, sorry, Neil, but a, a lot of needless fouling as well, uh, James. Like, I mean, I, I saw Cahill Sweeney there and even Johnny Dewan a couple of times with this kind of where they had men boxed up but then coming yeah. in with two hands and like you know or I'm tackling the guy and then one of these guys was coming in and doubling up but 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 hitting them you know and just giving it simple simple freeze away yeah and there was one in particular that sums that up quite well I think it was Finney Hanley out on the on the sideline where one of the Mayo players were going down this in the second half 10 minutes into it when the game you know that the goal we were fighting starting to fight again the the Mayo player was going down on the ball towards the sideline away from goal mm. and Finian comes in behind him and sort of knees and shoves him at one I mean at under six under seven level you, you know yeah. you'd be you'd be you'd be looking to talk to the player about it and see, see what they could do different so I'm not quite sure what happened to Galway as guys but some of their fall today was absolutely ridiculous This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was James Horan former Mayo manager on his previous side's win over Galway. In Thurles, Kerry overcame the ever-improving Tipperary 214-28. 
13 wides cost the Premier who made an excellent start All-Ireland winner with Dublin and his club St Vincent's Mossy Quinn watched the game for off the ball and told Joe Malloy and uh, former Meath footballer Anthony Moyles what was the difference between the sides and what the obvious things Kerry have worked on were first though let's hear from Kingdom boss Eamon Fitzmaurice who spoke with Radio Kerry's Wishy Fogarty. Well I suppose we got the result Wishy but um, we wouldn't be overly happy with our performance uh, you know we, we've worked hard since the end of the league obviously we haven't had competitive games and that told I think you could see that Tipperary were a bit sharper than us for a lot of the game and hopefully that game will help us today but at the same time I don't think you know we were at the necessary levels today for whatever reason um, you know, we were in Portugal last week and we felt we had a very good camp and we played an awful lot of football. We felt coming back from it that the lads were very sharp and very tuned in. And uh, to be fair to the lads, they were very tuned in today and if we weren't as tuned in, I think we could have been turned over. But performance-wise, we were sloppy, I think, particularly. We had a good, we had a good uh, spell at the start of the second half and we got, uh, I can't remember how far ahead, but we were maybe gone six or seven points ahead at one stage. And we got very sloppy in possession then for some reason. We were forcing things and we didn't kill off the game as we would have liked. But um, like I said, you can be doing all the training in the world. Great to get a game and great to be back in the Munster final and looking forward to that now in three weeks time yeah and they did get a lot of opportunities they had a lot of there's no such thing as a good wide but they had a lot of bad wides it is there's i think there's, someone said to me there that they had 10 wides in the second half and brendan keely made a great one-on-one save as well so um we were living dangerously there's no doubt about it uh, you felt that maybe if they came a bit closer to us that we had it in us to go up a gear or two but um you know like i said we wouldn't be happy with that performance but we're delighted with the result and delighted to be in the Munster final comfortable very comfortable in the second half uh, Kerry came out clipped a couple of scores and to be honest they just went into cruise control then and um, Tip's confidence was dwindling every every bad shot they took one after the other and it just the game just went away from them just listen to the subs they brought on James O'Donoghue Stephen O'Brien Aidan O'Mahony Darren Sullivan Tommy Walsh and Dunica Walsh yeah you know, so yeah. like uh, you could argue they didn't all need to be at their best today in the second half, but I suppose uh, that's something that uh, the few bodies coming back, obviously the Gooch coming back, Tommy Walsh coming back, it's always very hard for a team to retain, go back to back in championships. They need something different, and maybe those two or three bodies coming back are going to be that thing that can then help push Kerry on again. Will Tip take confidence, Mossy? You know, they were a bit sloppy. Could they, if they tighten that up, you know, could they have pushed them a bit closer? Or yeah, to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed. I don't know whether my expectations were too high coming in. They started so well and they were really causing them problems and they were just playing with that freedom but like I keep saying that the chances they missed just seem to just take away from them and they certainly need to work on a lot up front in terms of they've excellent movement they look like they're very good forwards but it's just their, their shot selection at times and just their rush like uh, it'd be interesting to see the stats later on what, what kind of wides and even drop short there was a period there where they three or four like they they carry pinned in for periods of the second half but t- like as in tip just couldn't score you know and it was just demoralising and you could see as the game wore on there was guys losing confidence afraid to pull the trigger and they were nearly shipping ball left and right kind of saying no well you shoot or you shoot and that's mm-hmm. a hard thing that's something they'll need to look at pretty quickly you know when they go into the qualifiers they can't really afford to do that We found it pretty difficult to preview this game because we just had no idea what was going on down in Kerry they were away in Portugal for their training camp we didn't really even know how to frame the talking points we just it was just a complete blank canvas we didn't we had no idea what to expect Partially because Fitzmaurice will carry under Fitzmaurice are, are just there's no link between championship and league. So as you're looking ahead to the next game, what are the talking points? What are the issues Kerry need to look at or, or can you even take that much from this game? 
no, there wasn't that many issues. I, I said it in the first half, just at half time. It, there, there was a couple of things that were obvious to me, things that you certainly work on on a training camp where you can spend time on a training pitch and communicate and talk in team meetings. The way they tried to shut the Kerry kick out down, to me, looked like, or the Tipperary kick out down, looked like an obvious focus. Mm. The three full forwards, so you've three big men, well, you've Donaghy and Gini who are big man, Barry John Keane. The three guys are right up on the 21 yard line. The three of them have their hands in the air. So they're, you know, straight away, if a keeper's looking to go short, those kind of avenues are gone. So all of a sudden now he's working down the pockets either side of them. So little things like that, they're helping their half forward in their midfield and they got a good squeeze on the tip kick out. That's something to me you'd, you'd work on a training camp. You'd spend time on a training pitch spending that. Um, that was something. And even then when I said tip got off to a fast start, Kerry retreated. They weren't afraid to go back, maybe similar to the system that they used against Donegal in the All-Ireland final last year where they soaked up the pressure for a few minutes and broke. They'd be the type of things I'd say they spent time on in between the league and the championship. And the fact that they went to them here early, you know, previously in the past against tip they mightn't have needed to show that or mightn't have needed to use that but they're comfortable going to it and I'd imagine that you'll see again come Cork in, in the Munster final This is the Rewind on News Talk. Remember you can contact us at any stage during the week on Monday Rewind at Newstalk.com. We'd love to hear from you no matter where you are throughout the world That was Mossy Quinn on Kerry's win over Tipperary in the Munster semi-final Before him you heard from uh, Eamon Fitzmaurice who spoke to the legendary Wishy Fogarty. Now Kerry will play Cork in the Munster final on July 5th in Killarney. It's always special when those two meet in Fitzgerald Stadium on Munster final day. Cork reached the final after a 120-18 win over Clare in Porky Rin. Uh, Rebels manager Brian Cuthbert knows it's time for atonement for his players when they face Kerry because obviously they lost very heavily to Kerry in the championship last year and even recently they lost... Again, I'll use the word heavily to Dublin in the league final. At first, though, he analyses their win against the banner yesterday on Lee side. I suppose the fact that we scored 120 uh, automatically would, would signify that we actually, um, you know, created chances, scored quite well. Um, I suppose uh, the weaknesses were out of the, today's game is the fact that we actually gave Clare a lot of chances that they didn't take. Um, some point chances, but certainly there was three or four goal chances that they didn't. Uh, didn't convert, and if one or two of them had gone in, it would be a very different game. 10-4 at the break. They had eight wides in that first half. What do you put that down to? And then they started the second half with another goal chance. You took seven minutes to get a score in that second period. Yeah, the first uh, the first ten minutes after halftime were quite quite poor by us, to be honest about it. But um, I, would have, I would have felt that some of the, the chances that they tried to take in the first half, we actually had them under a lot of pressure. Other times, you know, there was chances that you thought might go over, but they didn't. But uh, that certainly that seven minutes after halftime machine was 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 very very poor, and I suppose uh, as I said earlier on the the big negative for us is the the amount of chances that uh, we actually gave Clare and if you know hand in heart if we're going to give Kerry those it's going to be a good night Irene. What have you learned from the game against Kerry last year in the Munster final? We'll say Dublin in the league final as well because I suppose those are the two games that people will talk about ahead of the Munster final. Yeah, I suppose they're going to be the reference point anytime you talk about the Cork football team in the last year or two. Um, you know, and that's something that we're going to have to live with. Um, you know, on both days we we didn't perform. Um, on both days, you know, we we just didn't get right. We just just didn't get going right. And uh, I think uh, you know the big thing for us is the, is that the group need to believe that we can go to Clarny and we you know we can perform and we can uh, we can put Kerry to pin their collar and go and, and go and play them. Um, and I think that, that that's very very important. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult. Obviously, it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, it's going to be very difficult to win. At the same time, uh, you know, it's not, it's not impossible. And, uh, you know, I think the group we have here are, are you know, the, the Kerry Monster final last year is still quite fresh in our memory. The Dublin League final is still very, very fresh in our memory. But uh, at the same time, this group will keep coming back. They'll keep coming back. And, uh, 
you know, they, they'll keep plugging and keep doing their very, very best. And I think, you know, I, I, absolutely delighted that we're playing Kerry and Clarny. Absolutely thrilled that we have another chance to play them and, um, and go some way towards making up for last year. Just before I let it go, you say the word group. That's very appropriate for this Cork team because you've got a great squad, great depth. Is the challenge for you to get Brian Hurley and Colin O'Neill and Donico O'Connor on the ball as much as you can and Paul Kerrigan as well today we saw in the second half he kicked some wonder scores sometimes maybe they're not in the game as much as they could be yeah I suppose it's a challenge for any manager that, that your best forwards are on the ball as much as you can but uh, I suppose you have to counteract that with, with saying that you can only have, have them on the ball when you have possession um, we have found it difficult at times to have possession in the games we perform poorly in um, and that, that's something that you know that is the main focus for us uh, I think once we have the ball, we're actually a very, very good team. Um, once we use the ball quickly enough, we can get the ball into the, the guys you mentioned. Um, but I suppose that's a challenge because most of the teams we play against, and even today, there's a lot of bodies back there. And um, you know, when you're playing against 13 defenders, it can be quite difficult, quite frustrating. But I, I would have felt today that we, we were patient and um, you know, we worked the ball through them at times. We kicked easy enough scores in the end. But uh, we know that you know, coming down the track now, uh, provincial final, it's going to be very, very difficult and uh, tactically and technically we're going to have to be at our very, very best. Is that the primary reason why Alan O'Connor was back and straight back in the team as well for getting possession, winning ball? Absolutely. That's a no-brainer really, O'Sheen, in the fact that he offers you that. You saw it there today, a couple of balls we could kick on him. He actually just goes up and wins them. Um, you know, and, and I think you know, we have nice competition there now as well in the middle. And uh, you know, I, I think you know, this, this team, you know, as I said to you, once we have the ball, we're actually very, very good. But... Uh, Obviously, any team playing against us will try to deny us possession. But uh, you know, once we have it, I, I'm quite happy to, with what we do. But uh, just getting up more is the thing. This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Cork manager Brian Cuthbert speaking to me about the Munster final on July 5th. Still to come, Paddy Mulligan on Ireland's draw with Scotland, and where we are in the wider context of things. And Limerick manager TJ Ryan looks ahead to the Munster semi-final against Tipperary. We'll also hear from uh, Kilkenny's Michael Fenley on Kilkenny uh, taking on Wexford. First though, Clare manager Colm Collins on losing 120-18 to against Cork. And if their morale is damaged going into the qualifiers, despite creating a lot of chances in that game. Uh, I suppose, you know, it's harsh in one way and another way it's not. Um, I mean, you, we got good clear-cut chances which we didn't take. And when you get those chances against a Division 1 team, you've got to put them away and we didn't. So... That was the major difference. I mean, we competed in a lot of areas with them. We, we kept their danger men relatively quiet. Um, I thought their goal, I thought, you know, I, you know, you know, was, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, the interpretation of the foot block is a bit ridiculous. I mean, when, my interpretation of the foot block is that if you, if you come down on a fella's foot with your shoe when he's kicking the ball, that's a foot block. Not if he kicks the ball against your leg. I mean, that was a ridiculous decision. But, uh, you know, which would have they got no goal from play, which they had been the had been their um, you know their trademark all through the league, and, and we were very happy with our man marking back there. But the other end of the pitch, I suppose, things didn't go so well for us. When you come up against a top class team, you need your best players, and you were missing Andy Coughlin, Podge, and David Tuberty. Now, that's a lot of talent to be missing, and it looked at times like you needed guys who were that bit steadier, maybe on the ball, or guys who had that bit more experience and. In the first half, for example, you kicked eight wides. Did, did you really miss those guys there today? I mean, did that make a massive difference? Well, I suppose they're all class forwards. I mean, we had Shane McGrath and, and Carl McInerney into that as well. And they're all guys that know where the posts are. But uh, the fellas in the pitch were good play, are good players as well. And it's just on the day that, that the chances just didn't go for them and that was it. 
you go into the qualifiers with a lot of positives, I imagine, even though the scoreboard, as I say, looks harsh, but anyone here today would know that you could have been closer. Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, we'll be, uh, you know, some of some of our injuries will become, injured players will be coming back and hopefully we'll have a stronger panel to pick from in the qualifiers and uh, we will, we will um, do our utmost to try and get a good one going there. Will this defeat damage morale or do you reckon that side of things will be OK? I think we'll be okay. They're a brilliant bunch of players, and we're, you know, I think they'll they'll dust themselves down and, and get on it, get on with it, and uh, and put in a really good performance for the qualifiers. This is the rewind on news talk, and that was Clare manager Colm Collins on defeat to Cork and going down the qualifier route in Ulster. Donegal take on Derry in the semi final on June twenty seventh. Following there, two eleven to one eight win over Armagh at the Athletic Grounds. Orchard boss Kieran McGinney assessed what went wrong with off the balls match day commentator Dave McIntyre, who also spoke with Dunny Gold's Mark McHugh. First though, we will hear from McGinney. Kieran, almost from the very start, nothing seemed to go your way today. Uh, I, I don't know as much as it didn't go our way or we were, we just didn't do what we were supposed to do. We were very sloppy. Our first pass and you'd expect the team to score like, you know, seven, eight points against you and a half, like, but you, know, you, you have to score as well. Um, we kept giving the ball away again on the 50 without any pressure, just sloppy fist passing in the crowds, no support runs. And then our own defensive structure, we let Donegal's rotation system pull us out. You know, we played better with it in the second half, but by that stage the damage was done. Did the occasion get the better of some of the players in some ways? It's clearly very well drilled, very prepared for it, but it would appear that the game plan, whatever it was you guys had put together, it wasn't carried out by the men on the pitch. It's probably, you know, like you can get a bit excited, like in the way Donegal played, they're very good, like the, you know, the poke and the probe and the trains sort of to pull you out, like. Outside their 65, and then they come at these and ones and twos in that, like they change the pace inside it. And we were maybe just stu- stupid enough to let it happen. And, you know, it, it just this one things that they set up better in the second half, and they had a couple of goal chances as well. You know, I think we had the same. We had 25 shots. They had 25 shots. Differences. They were taking theirs. We weren't taking ours. Carried an awful lot of ball through the middle of the field and into traffic. And in some ways, people would say that's playing the game on, on Dunny Gold's terms, almost playing to their strengths. So what could you try and do in that first half to try and change it? Well, I wouldn't believe in the fellas on the ball. They just had no support runners. You know, they just uh, that's it was a major problem for us. But again, like they got them in the second half and they were able to get in for were able to get in for goals. Like but missed two good goal chances. Like which you know you'd need to take against those quality teams. But as I said earlier, like you know, before you know, Division Three to Division One, you're going to get away with mistakes like that against smaller teams, but not against Donegal. Like you know, um, like, like we had sustained pressure for 12 or 13 minutes beginning the second half, and we managed the point. You know, they had one attack and then they got the goal. Like so, I suppose that's the difference. How do you change things looking towards the qualifiers? Because this might set you lads back a lot confidence-wise. It, it was the Ulster semi-final you went out in last year and had to run all the way to the quarter-finals. You do something similar now. Yeah, we'll just have to take each game like whoever loses today we have to sort of look at and that, that's all we can do you can't sort of look any further than that like and although it may be cliche but at this moment in time that's all we can do very energy happening out there today you know uh, we put a lot of work into the first half and you know thankfully paid off for us we had a wee bit of a breeze and I think you know I think it can you know go about in the field here now kind of calm down a bit and they didn't have the advantage the second half but you know they they came back at us that we expect them to and you know, we're probably uh, we're a wee bit tired in the second half after the, 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 the first half performance, but you know, we're delighted with the one and we're looking forward now to what, 13 days against Derry and that's where our focus is. I'm sure you guys are primed for an absolutely titanic battle here today. Were you surprised by how Armagh played that first half? Because in many ways, particularly in the way they carried the ball through the middle into traffic, into that trademark Donegal defence, they were playing the game on your terms, almost playing to your strengths. Yeah, no, listen, we, we, we knew coming up here today that it wasn't going to be, well, it definitely wasn't going to be easy. Um, 
did, but uh, uh, probably they'll look back and they will have regrets probably looking at it in, in the first half where they, they got so many, to, they, they conceded so many turnovers and we broke and when, when we did break we, we kind of punished them a lot at the other end which when, probably when they go back to the video they won't be overly overly happy with but you know all we can do is play what, play, play what comes up against and whatever tactics the other, you know, that position have on us so uh, again you know we're, de- we're delighted because coming up here today I didn't think we didn't think we got it maybe as easy and it was been nip and tuck but uh, you know that's also a championship for you, and we're you know we're uh, we're delighted to be in the Ulster semi-final. You know after having two real tough matches now, Tyrone and Armagh under belt. You know we're really looking forward against Derry, probably in Clonus in 13. This is the rewind on News Talk, and that was Mark McHugh and Kira McGinney on yesterday's clash of Donegal and Armagh. Hurling to come shortly, but first soccer and Ireland's draw with Scotland on Saturday means qualifying for Euro 2016 is going to be very very difficult. Further bad news arrived on Sunday night when ESPN reported that we'll be fourth seeds for the World Cup qualification draw which takes place next month. A pot that also includes, by the way, the Faroe Islands, among others. That's as in our pot, the pot four. Uh, Turkey, Slovenia, Norway, Israel, Bulgaria, Montenegro and Estonia also teams in pot four. And Northern Ireland are in the third pot with Scotland and Wales in pots two and one. And former Chelsea and Ireland defender Paddy Mulligan joins us, as I say, to talk about uh, Ireland. Um, Paddy, I guess in, in the group and maybe in the, in the wider context of things, we are where we deserve to be. Oh yes, I mean we, we, we haven't really shown anything in the past few years, not just not just under, under the Martin O'Neill and, and, and Roy Keane uh, regime, but at, at, the, at the end days of, of Trapatoni when it all started off so promising. Uh, with Ireland nearly qualifying for South Africa and, and uh, then qualifying for the Euro finals. But the, the sad reality is, is as well, O'Shane, that we're, um, we're, we're, we're very limited in, in, in the ability that we have in the team. And, and uh, the players do the very best they can. And with Irish teams, you'll, you'll always, they'll always play with spirit and they'll be very honest and they'll play with an awful lot of, of, of endeavour as well. But I mean that's that's just not good enough at at, at, at international level. And the, to me, there's a few players that are not up to international standard, and, and uh, you don't like being too critical of, of players. But uh, Daryl Murphy is, is 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 one of those. I mean, he's a very very good championship player, but that's that 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 remains uh, that remains that you have to you have to question the likes of Seamus Coleman as well. I mean, his, his delivery of the ball on on Saturday evening was absolutely appalling for a, for a player in the Premiership and, and who has done so well in the past uh, year or two. You, you know, I was always nervous of his, of his defensive uh, uh, play, but don't get nervous of, of his delivery of the ball. It was probably a smashing strike to the ball. But he had four or five wonderful chances to, 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 to put in a good ball on Saturday and cut out of the near post. And, and that's not good enough. And in midfield, we need players who, who, who can create and who want to get on the ball, and who, are, who have the courage to get on the ball, who are not afraid of the opposition, who are not afraid of, of accepting responsibility. And unfortunately, the likes of James McCarthy just doesn't do that. Ben Whelan does, does the best that he possibly can do. Um, he, he, he breaks up play because that's, that's, that's what he's always done. But I, mean, I expect an awful lot more from, from James McCarthy, and to, and to a great degree as well, Wes Holland. I mean, people, you know, eulogise about West Holland. But what was the, I'd, I'd like to know what, what is the end product in the games. Yes, he looks decent on, on, on the ball, but it's all, the ball is going square and the ball is going back. I mean, the one time that he did play a through ball to Darren Murphy in the second half, that was, that was a smashing ball. But I need to see an awful lot more of that. Uh, and, and then if, he, if he's, he's either in a midfield position or he's playing off the front man, if he's playing off the front man, he's got to link up more with Darren Murphy. I mean, the, the, the back four on occasions, lots of occasions last Saturday, were exasperated because they, they were on the ball and there was absolutely no movement up front 
from, from Darrell. He was up there in his house. Wes, Wes Holland uh, went missing. So Wes Holland is a link up with Darren Murphy. Well, I'm afraid that Wes, Wes failed misery in, 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 that, in that situation. You've got, to, you've got to be asking questions of, of the Scottish defenders and every other defence. And they weren't asked any questions. The two Southern defenders were there for the taking last Saturday, and yet they weren't moved into any uncomfortable position, but moved out to the wings where they would not be in the, in the least bit comfortable and, and for people to take them on. And when, when, that, when that keeps happening, you have to question then, I mean, we've got two, we've got a manager and an assistant manager who were two excellent midfield players. Now, what, if, if, if the advice that these two are given are midfield players, uh, it's falling on deaf ears, well then we're, we're, in, we're in real, real trouble. Because it means that the players don't understand what's, what's going on, and they're not good enough to implement what what, what, what Roy Keane and, and uh, Martin O'Leary are saying, and that is a real area of concern, Oshin, as far as I would be concerned. Did he pick the right team? A lot of eyebrows raised when Daryl Murphy started, and Aidan McGeady didn't. He didn't even get a run. Now he had been carrying an injury, and then of course Robbie Keane when he came on was yeah, white, and yeah. Robbie's a good player. He was the only one who looked like actually taking on his man and beating him. But pace ain't his thing. Never was. Well, yeah, hasn't been for the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Yes, the sad, the sad part is that, that, that Robbie Keane is coming to the end of his career and Robbie Keane is the only player who will score goals consistently for Ireland even at this late stage in his career. He'll still be in around the, the six-yard box. He'll, he'll still be sniffing out a half chance. Um, and, and, I mean, a, a ball came in from Brady in, 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 the, in the first half and whizzed right across the face of all from an upset piece and there was nobody there at the end of it. If Robbie Keane is there, he's on the end of it. He might miss it, but he's on the end of it. And by the, by the law of Barbie, the more times he gets in there, the more chance you have. But we don't have instinctive uh, finishers like Robbie Keane. Shane Long is not an instinctive uh, uh, fin- uh, finisher at all. He, he gets a spectacular goal. He'll, he'll get a spectacular goal once or twice a season, and, uh, and that's it. He won't be a regular goal scorer. And Darrell Murphy will come into the same, same category because if you, if you recall the game against England at the Aviva, uh, a great ball came into him and it was made from uh, to head the ball at least made Joe Hart work didn't head it about five yards wide now, they're the areas of concern that, that I have and because they get a draw on their lot and because uh, it's, it's only a very much people overlook these things well you know you can't overlook these things because these are the these are the small little matters that end up being very very important at the, at the end of the day and that's what happened we've got we don't have any uh, I thought the chain long would have started off last last Saturday and I thought he might have gone 4-4-2 uh, with Jonathan Waters up there but, but, he, but he didn't but when he did go 4-4-2 I mean Fapatoni was was, was, was was castigated for playing 4-4-2 it was an old style it was out of date it was an old style system everything was wrong but you had man on the outside and it's fine but it's not fine, of course, because, again, I, I, I stress that the quality of player is not there, but I certainly would expect an awful lot more from the two men who are in charge, Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. They get an awful lot more out of these players. This is the Rewind on News Talk, and that was former Chelsea and Ireland defender Paddy Mulligan on Ireland's draw with Scotland on a Saturday. Hurrying now, and on Sunday, there's two big provincial semi-finals. We'll hear from Kilkenny's Michael Fenley shortly on their meeting at home to Wexford, live and off the ball. But first, Limerick manager TJ Ryan on their clash with Tip in the Gaelic grounds. The Shannon Siders got over a disappointing league campaign to be clear in the opening round of the Championship. Uh, I sat down with Limerick manager TJ Ryan and asked him to assess their year so far. Like this year, we, we would have been disappointed with the league performance. Um, I don't like to make excuses or I don't tend to make excuses, but like over the last couple of seasons, I mean, there's been different factors to be fair. And like I think that if you go through the stats and the facts, they'll be proven like with the number of injuries we had and the fact that the club championship runs onto St Paddy's Day and we've had involvement like 
with Napierce in the semi-final last year and Kamal this year in the final like that makes life difficult when they have a group of players involved I'd like to see the club championship finish in the same calendar year I think that would help maybe like it would have helped Limerick over the last two years maybe if that's fixed then we might never have a team involved but look that, that's the reality and look the competition is very tight in, in, in Division 1A and 1B you need full squads available um, and that's the reality What was the difference between the Limerick team that played in the quarter-final of the league, we'll say, against Dublin in Crow Park and the one that took to the field against Clare in the championship because it was like watching two different teams. Um, I, like it, it's, they're two different competitions as well, to be fair, right? And I, I think maybe that, you know, that, that the league hurling and the time of the year is definitely slower, you know, and championship hurling is different. It's different intensity and it's different pace. That definitely suits Limerick. They've proven that over the last couple of years. I don't like to label Limerick as a championship team, like. But look, I suppose that's that's the way it is right now. They're the facts. They're the, that's the way it's been. So, look, it's good. Um, championship is where it counts, and look, we're trying to get another championship win. I suppose most fans would would rather a championship <laughs> team than a league team. Yeah. Last year against Kilkenny, he, he fell just that little bit short in the All Ireland semi final, and Kilkenny went on to win the All Ireland. Chances that he had weren't necessarily taken. Not enough of them. He seemed to have found a bit of an answer in Keane Lynch. I know he's a young lad. I know you won't want to put pressure on him. I know there are other forwards, but he certainly bolstered your forward unit. Yeah. Um, and look, I credit the Limerick, maybe underage and minor setup for the last number of years. You know, they've done huge work. They've brought a lot of players, kind of, they're bringing a lot of players through. You know, Keane is ready for the step up, which is great. We also have Tom Morrissey in the squad, who's another good forward. And I think there's going to be more players over the last year or two playing in minor that will come through at some stage. Um, but yeah, he's a big help to us. Um, like he, his performance the last day spoke for itself. And um, in fairness, he did his job. Like you no, know, I would say that the rest of the forwards on the day did a huge job as well. It was a difficult game. It was a difficult game to play in tactically. But like, look, in fairness to Keane, he got in the end of a couple of scores there. And he won a few frees and you know, I mean, huge performance. Yeah. What particularly pleased you will say, especially in the first half when it was an extremely tight game. Yeah, strange game and like, I I I, I suppose. Like the, the, the counteract from us was was difficult, and in fairness, the, the players held their nerve and held their shape, and you know, what I mean, that that was probably one of the most pleasing things. It, it, it was, and then we had players who were doing a job for the team, and you know, I mean, that was really, really pleasing for us. And you know, I suppose the bottom line is we got a result, and this is a results business, and that's what we wanted to do. The first half of the game was dominated by the rocks and the malls, a big bunching together of players. What to you as a manager is a win for your team in those situations? Because it's getting more tough or tougher I should say for players to win primary possession and win the ball straight away and win the ball cleanly we saw that with Waterford and Cork a couple of days ago as well well possession is huge in, 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 in any sport and um, like I, I, I think like teams and I think even maybe Sarah Farrell alluded to it there before but like the, you're more likely to give away a freeze without the ball and I mean you're under more pressure when you don't have the ball so like, winning possession is huge that's what we're trying to do I think if you ask any manager any team that's what they're trying to do like so you know, I mean, the, the reality is, I think in Hurland, whichever team has the most possession will probably win the game. Is it something you have to focus on more uh, as a manager than you would have in the past, though? I mean, those big bunchings together of players, and it's what we used to call arse boxing and trading. Yeah. Um, is it something guys have to become more skilled at? Is that something that, that you work on and kind of work on systems that if, if, if players do bunch together, maybe you work on having guys outside ready to receive the break or the tap 
and, and guys have to get it into their head that they do have to tap that ball out rather than trying to get it into their hand and that's kind of fighting the instinct of a hurler isn't it? It is really yeah and like you're, you're right in the sense that you, you, you do have to work on it I would say most teams are working on it now and like the middle third has become crowded I was at the game on Sunday and you know you've seen there like that, that's going to be part of the future now because it's working and when something is successful people will tend to follow suit and you know the reality is yeah we do work on it. You played in the backs and the forwards would you enjoy playing in the current climate and the climate where teams are bunching together and that it does seem to be a bit more defensive? I genuinely would love to be still playing. I'd love to be good enough to be still playing and young enough. Um, like Munster Championship days, tremendous days out, huge support, at home, against Tipperary, Munster semi-final, I, I would love to be playing, yeah. Has it differed though to when you were playing? Yeah, it's different. Like there's more intensity and there's more pace in the game now. Like whether we like it or whether we don't, that's the reality. And down on pitch side, you see the way the boys move, see their fitness levels, see their strength levels. Yes, definitely. As far as I'm concerned, they're definitely way ahead of us. Tipperary in the Munster Championship, it's a great rivalry, but you have them at home. How big an advantage is that we've seen great days in the Gaelic grounds in the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I, I said this time last year that home advantage definitely counts for something and um, I, I, I don't change my stance on that. And You know, I suppose, look, the reality is last year we lost two games in the Championship. We, we, we played Cork at home and... and came up a little bit short and we played Kilkenny at home and came up a little bit short as well and like home advantage comes for something but at the same time the home team definitely has to make it count then and you know like it's going to be up to us home side home fans trying to influence our game on them it's going to bring its own pressures but look looking forward to it and I think the home advantage it counts for something we have to make it happen You've had a bit of an Indian sign over tip in the last couple of uh, seasons what do you think that was or the last couple of times you met them anyway? Because I thought Limerick were good enough and um, the reality is, look, those, those, that's history, the same as the league is history. And, you know, 2015 is a new year, it's a new championship, and, you know, different teams to some degree. And, you know, we'll be looking to make a three in a row. Some would say you have the advantage because you've had a championship game. Others might say that they have the advantage because they've seen you play a championship game. Yeah, 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 is yeah. it true somewhere in between? It is probably somewhere in between. And, you know, like, like, I have to also take into account that like, we, we, we were timing our run for maybe a month earlier than, than, than they're timing their run for the 21st of June and you know like I think maybe what you do during the number of weeks before you play championship that's important that's critically important so look it is what it is I'm glad that we have a win under our belt we'd like to think that we'll improve we will improve and we need to improve that's the bottom line What's the aim for Limerick this year given that you've got a monster title collected in the last couple of years came very close to getting to an All-Ireland final last year I mean has it changed what the ambition of the squad and team is? Yeah, I think the overall aim for us is no different to the overall aim for most other teams that are playing in, in, in the Lee McCarthy. But right now, if you ask me, like the next 70 minutes is huge. It puts us in the latter end of the championship. It puts us in a Munster final, which is a huge entity on its own. So I would say, if you ask me right now, winning the next 70 minutes is huge. And cast yourself back to your playing days, or cast your mind back to your playing days. What's your favourite memory of playing tip, or your least favourite, whichever, or maybe one of both? Yeah, like I, 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 th- I think that my, my, my favourite probably would be the 96 Munster final at home uh, the first day we were 10 points down at half time and to get a draw that day probably was just incredible you know um, bad days there's too many of them like <laughs> plenty, plenty championship and league days and you know but uh, I suppose look in, in, in sport and in life uh, I think we cling to the good memories more so than the better ones and you know I mean that day 96 we got a draw from 10 points down that was real Limerick that was real character we'll be looking for more of the same do you think Limerick are going into this game feeling like equals to tip rather than going in with a chip on the shoulder like they might have done a couple of years ago? I, I, I go along with you. I think definitely, like I said, equals. No, we, we, we know what we have to do. Like Tip came within a half an inch of winning the All-Ireland Championship last year. That's what we up against. So you're playing one of the best teams in the country. We know that. 
um, and we feel that we're, we're definitely every bit as good as them. We've got to go and prove it. Um, we have home advantage and look, the ball's in our court as far as I'm concerned. This is the Rewind on News Talk and that was Limerick manager TJ Ryan on Sunday's Munster semi-final with Tipperary. Owen Kelly will be reporting on that one for Off the Ball. Uh, Leinster now and Kilkenny's Michael Fenley. We started by asking him about injuries and if he's fit and ready for Championship 2015. Not too bad, no, Shane. Um, yeah, game of the weekend, obviously, against Wexford. And that. Now, so I've been training last week, week or two. Um, had a bit of back issue there now, about maybe a month, month ago. So that seems to have settled, thank God. So would have preferred to get a bit more training under the belt and a bit more gym work and a bit more fitness but um, and a bit more hurling. But anyway, all you can do is what you can do, what you have. And, um, and hopefully, yeah, be, be in the mix for, for, for a start, maybe the weekend. I'm sure you wanted a rest after winning the All-Ireland title with Ballyhale. But the rest was enforced. How frustrating has that been? How much of a disadvantage is that going into the championship, especially when you're being pitched straight in to a semi-final against Wexford, who've had a game? Yeah, I suppose after winning the, the club and that, yeah, we're, we're obviously um, our eyes working and looking at what happened the weekend with Clare and, and Kenny, and um, obviously we won't be a pint, and then we end up meeting them again the following week. So we kind of had in our back of our minds that look, yeah, we could be out the following week to cl- the Ballyhead club player. So. We're back in training on that Tuesday night, so it was all right. Look, we were we had a good run with the club, and you know maybe at times if you went off for three or four weeks of break, then you have to try and catch back up in your fitness and all that, and maybe on muscle mass and what you've lost. So it was actually fine. We're enjoying the hurling of the club, and it was fine to go back into the county. And um, I suppose we had no more games to play down at that stage, so it's kind of maybe more like a pre-season again. I suppose what we did with Wicky Kenny and that, and. Um, and yeah, we're, we're more used to playing league final, maybe not in around the end of April and that. But, but things have been fine. We're, we're training well, um, and hopefully we, we're, we're in good shape now for the weekend. What about yourself? You've had to manage injury in the last couple of years. Has it affected how you train? Has it changed you as a hurler, or is it just a case that each of these injuries has come along and you've been able to shake them off and, and, and get back to training as normal? Or even when you are 100% ready to play, do you still have to kind of watch yourself in training? Yeah. So when you're 100%, you think you can you can do anything at all. You can. You know, uh, nothing stops you whatsoever. Like, but yeah, you have to be careful and stuff. And, and it's very, very hard as a player to hold yourself back. Like, you know, you want to lift more weight, you want to do a bit more, a few more runs and get fitter, and you want to be doing a bit more hurling than that. But you probably do need to, to I suppose, bring it back a small bit at times and be a bit, be a bit smart. And maybe for myself, like, it's less is more. But I find it hard too because I want to get more powerful, more stronger, fitter, and that. And um, I've only a couple of years left at this, you know, but you have to be level-headed and you need a good coach, which is well, and just to make sure you're not doing nothing that you shouldn't be doing. And again, yeah, I have to manage my back and have to, you know, if, if a certain exercise potentially might affect me in relation to injury, I just need, need not to do it because like, there's not definitely another exercise, a substitute that you can do or whatever it may be. Um, so you just have to be smart in those ways. We saw in the run to the club final and obviously the win in the club final that you were number six, you were centre-back. Did you enjoy that? Was it a different challenge? How did it come about? Yeah, I, lo- I love that role, to be honest. And I would have played there under 21 with the club and I played at different times, a minor with the club as well. So I was familiar enough with, with that role. And, um, you know, a lot of people might have said, yeah, they would have had me back in their back maybe a few, few years earlier. But midfield was always going well with the club and our backs were doing were doing quite well as well. But just, just I suppose, last year, um, we probably thought maybe we need to maybe strengthen up the, the core side of things, the full back and the centre back. So Joey ended up filtering back to full back, and I filtered back from midfield to centre back. So um, worked out great. Yeah, it took me, it took me maybe a few weeks, all right now, maybe or a month or two to get back used to it because you know I was so used to heading back myself, trying to get the ball. I forget about my man, especially midfield because you've no one else to, to really mark. 
and you've six backs behind you. But now it's like, okay, actually, my my man here now, and keep an eye on him as well. So it's uh, I loved it to be honest. It's it's something new, and you know, a lot of player, a lot of players actually should go through that, like as in picking up different positions, because it does refresh you, re- regenerates you, and um, and I really really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the the whole All Ireland club series, and obviously enjoyed the club All Ireland. I suppose for Kilkenny, it's about midfield, but is it a, a position you'd like to play at inter-county level? I'm not suggesting for a moment that either of us should tell Brian Cody how to pick his team, but would you like to do it at inter-county level? Yeah, I probably would like to get a stab at it, I suppose, maybe at some stage, but um, my time is probably running out at this stage. And, you know, we, we've had Grace in their backs there, Brian Hogan and Kieran Joyce is there um, over the last number of years there. So um, I am happy in midfield. I'm happy to, to put on a jersey, as to be honest, once within the first 15 and um, I suppose I have been playing the forwards too and enjoying playing the forwards because it's, it's a creative role it's a scoring role and there's a lot more hurling there at times so yeah I, just, I like different challenges um, like taking them on and yeah centre back is definitely a position where it's quite enjoyable as well and as I said I would have played a lot of my time as a back maybe in my underage Before we talk about who is there for Kilkenny let's talk about who isn't anymore and I mentioned a couple of lads and I always forget one or two because so many lads left at the end of last season Brian Hogan obviously JJ Delaney and Henry Shefflin. I mean, you've lost a lot of experience from the dressing room. Yeah, huge experience there. You know, very influential players. Um, you know, been there for the last ten plus years, all of them. And you know, a few of them will go down in history. In history books is probably probably some of the best ever to play, not only in Kenny but but in the, in the country. So um, they're definitely missed in the dressing room and definitely missed on on the, on the training grounds. But you know, unfortunately, life does go on and. Um, you know, other players have to step in there now and, and not fill the lads' boots by any means, but maybe make a name for themselves or make, make a proper stab at themselves. Um, the lads are going into more media roles now, from what I gather, uh, maybe except for Tommy, but, uh, but we'll, we'll still be seeing them on, on the on the TV. But uh, but no, it's look, they are huge losses. Like you know, you can't emphasise how much of a loss they are. But as I said, life does go on, and we have other players there stepping in. And you know we just have to keep going, and you know maybe a couple of years I'll be gone as well. Like and again, someone else would be in my boots, so that's just the way it goes. I'll ask about the man from your own club, Henry Shefflin. Is it strange being in a Kilkenny dressing room without him? Will it be strange to to go into the parade against Wexford without Henry being in the starting 15 or or among the team? And and how will it affect things? Do you think, or how is it affecting things? Yeah, I suppose last year like he probably wasn't starting um, in, in most of the games, and he was coming on and, and playing a, a vital role when when he came on. Um, he probably found it a, a strange time himself. Like obviously, he started all his life in, in every game with Kenny, so probably found it a bit strange as well. But um, yeah, it will be different. Like you know, it'll be, it'll be weird for the country. I'd say and Kenny supporters and the players, obviously not having him there, not having him on the line, and potentially bringing him on. Like you know, he scored a vital point last year against Galway in, in the replay, um, or to actually to get a replay, I think. And, um, so he's yeah he's look you can't words can't describe what that man can do and what he has done for Kenny but yeah he is a big loss um, as I said the likes of Richie Hogan now and Colin my brother and TJ and a few, good few more of these players Richie Power like they just have to step up now a bit more about Walter Welch like you know and these lads can do it like you know and just yeah that's it I keep saying life does go goes on other players have to come in and try and step up to the mark as well have some of those guys that you mentioned and even maybe one or two outside of that group stepped up in training already is there more talk out of these guys and you know are you noticing that and I suppose the second part of that question is will we only know who's stepping up you know when during the, during the game days during this game against Wexford and what happens beyond after that yeah I think probably the beauty of the Kane team last maybe over the last five six seven eight years is um, on different days different players step up like you know, and are leaders and you can be a leader in the dressing room or you can be a leader on the field or a leader in both 
So, um, but the, the important thing about it is it, it can be a, a different player at a different time. It's not the same person that, that speaks the whole time or is trying to do it on the field. So, um, so hopefully any of these players, like any, any of the 15, to be honest, can stand up on any given day. And there's no onus responsibility on a captain or anything like that to, to make any speeches. It's all the players are, um, are, are on the one playing level. Everyone knows what to do, and you know that ethos of uh, of honesty, spirit, you knowing work rate. You know, if you stick with that, stick with those core values, you know, if you can you have a good chance of winning. And none has changed. We still have our core values. It's just some players have moved on. Unfortunately, they're you know some of the best hurlers that we've ever, we've ever seen. Um, but you know, as Brian always says, like you know, look, this thing keeps keeps on going. So players will keep coming, and hopefully, like you know, the weekend now we'll um, we we'll see how it goes, and hopefully we'll get off to a good start. Are you just bullying to get going because? Until we see Kilkenny play, these questions will will keep getting asked by by us in the media and the general public. And I'm sure at this stage, with all the best will in the world, you're probably getting annoyed by it. You just want to get out there. Yeah, well, it doesn't really bother us a whole lot. But just yeah, the appetite is there for for games. You know, especially myself. Like I'm, I'm haven't been able to train a lot the last month or two, so I'm eager for a game. Either to get going at Kilkenny jersey again. It feels like it's been so long since since the war last. Um, so it's missed the league campaign because of playing with our club, like you know. Um, so definitely mad for those games and mad for the hype and excitement as well, like you know. And and hopefully um, things will go right for us. And the last time Wexford were in Nolan Park, they performed very well, but that was against Waterford rather than Kilkenny. The point is though, they're an improving side. They're they're much better than they were at the last time you would have met them. Yeah, they had a massive year last year. Um, you know. Uh, even from our league game that we had last year with him, and he was like league semi final, and down Wexford Park, like you know, quite a, quite a, a challenging game, and you know we actually performed quite well that day, and you know the scoring in my eyes didn't reflect how well we played. Like so Wexford kept digging away, kept plugging away, and then from there on, then we saw him you know, obviously against the 2013 All Ireland champions and going to extra time, going to another replay and winning. You know a lot of people have said they had their chance and they never took it, but they went on and they actually did take it. Up in Nolan Park, then I thought that game myself, and again they were very, very impressive. You know, showed no signs of panicking, kept plugging away, kept doing what they do best, and um, and got a win there again. Like so, yeah, definitely Wexford hurling is good. You know, there's a good brand of hurlers there: McDonald, McGovern, uh, Guiney. Good few of these players are excellent, and all these players would make any intercounty team in the country, and that's the fact of it. You know, a lot of people don't really realise that, but they are, they are actually that good. And just before I let you go, the fact that the game is on in Nolan Park does that add something to? the spectacle of it and, and the event itself from your point of view as a Kilkenny player because very often when Kilkenny play in Leinster semis or in Leinster finals the atmosphere isn't great because it's maybe played in Crow Park and there wouldn't be a huge crowd whereas Nolan Park will hopefully be nearly full and it's a great, great venue when it's packed and when there's a big crowd in because it really generates a noise and you know it's, 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 it's up there with the best venues in the world I would say when it's full and there's a good atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the facility itself has been excellent. Um, you know, we've obviously redone the old stand there, and that there's constantly been re- refurbishment uh, been done to, to the to the whole stadium, um, and the pitch is in fine nick as well. So um, it's an excellent place when there's a big crowd there. You know, if you get fifteen, twenty thousand there, it's brilliant. Obviously, we had the spectacle of of Tipperary and Kenny there two years ago, and the whole place was full. Like you know, yeah. and you can't beat that buzz in that environment and that whole atmosphere. You know, and Again, Wexford Park would be the very, very same. Like, you know, like you'd have a big sport. If we are playing on there, you'd have a huge sport from Kilkenny as well, and you'd probably have a full, a full stand. So, uh, both places have a great um, atmosphere, and that's what you want. You want stadiums where you want to have a full house. You don't want to be going to Crow Park where you have like 15, 20,000. You want nice home venues there for, for either team. And the reason we're talking to you today is because you're here to launch the Electric Ireland All Ireland Minor Championship. Kilkenny, of course, involved against uh, Leash this weekend in the Leinster's 
Leinster semi-final, Kilkenny playing in the Leinster semi-final. Uh, how important a competition is this? Yeah, it's massive. You know, the minor championship obviously gives you um, exposure to the likes of Crow Park, playing at a national level. Um, TV coverage obviously comes into play as well, so it's, it's huge for, for the minors. Um, huge platform, I suppose, yeah, for an under-21 and for senior level. And you know, people would have said before, 21 is a platform, but even minor now has become more important as well. Like you know, because a lot of manage- management are looking at minor and seeing what's happening. Some players seem to be getting bigger, stronger, and even better at that age. So uh, very, very important. It's a great year for them, and obviously then. Know, it's, um, they're heading to maybe colleges as well after that as well so it's an exciting time for, for someone who's at minor level um, and they have a lot of hurdles ahead of them so they have in relation to colleges and 21 and, and, and senior Michael Fenley we're really looking forward to this game uh, between Kilkenny and Wexford this weekend it's live and off the ball uh, but thanks for speaking to the uh, Rewind podcast Excellent, thanks very much This is the Rewind and that's it for this week don't forget to join Off the Ball every night this week from 7 and I'm with you on News Talk Breakfast just before 7.30 and 8.30 every morning Monday to Friday keep an eye also on newstalk.com forward slash sport for all the latest plus features from breakfast and off the ball and everything else until next week take care